This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. This episode is hosted by Jessica Brodkin, who you may remember from episode number 11. She's filling in as a guest host for All Possibilities as I take care of my newborn baby. Enjoy the show! It's hard to scroll through your phone without reading and hearing about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency these days. So who's behind that success and what does this have to do with all possibilities? Coming up, you'll meet Margot Avedijan. I know her because she and I used to perform comedy together at, ironically enough, the Bitcoin Center in Soho, New York, every week for years. And if that's not enough, she's also one of the industry's most experienced cryptocurrency marketers. You'll hear her story and why she believes in an ethical and spiritual way to conduct business that helps everyone. You'll learn how her diligent spiritual self-care using the tools of kundalini yoga, kabbalah, gratitude, and reiki have transformed her life into a real Cinderella story. So much so that she is known internationally as the queen of Bitcoin. I'm Jessica Brodkin, filling in for Julie Chan. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Margo, welcome to our podcast, All Possibilities. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. So Margo, you were known as the queen of Bitcoin and you speak at conferences around the globe. Is that correct? That is correct. But just so everyone knows, I don't have that much Bitcoin. Please don't kidnap me. <laughs> I, did, I did not make up that title. That's from like 2012, 2013. So uh, just a little caveat there. So what exactly does it mean to be the queen of Bitcoin? What is your involvement with Bitcoin? It's a very hot topic now, as you know. Yes. So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and this word you hear a lot now, blockchain. Uh, I've been involved in the industry since 2012. And back then there really was only Bitcoin. Uh, Ripple was kind of around back then too. But uh, I started off as an entrepreneur in the space. I relaunched the first American Bitcoin exchange. I co-founded two others that pivoted. Uh, I was involved in numerous other ways, like helping get um, the first American Education Day on the Hill about Bitcoin, trying to talk to senators and Congress people. Uh, now I am EVP at Transform Group, we're the leading PR firm, and we represent most of the ICOs. And for those who don't know what ICOs are, those are token sales where a company is either integrating blockchain or they are a blockchain company that has a token in order to use their platform and they sell it and it's a way to raise money. And you're also buying these tokens at a discount. Uh, and now I just started a fund to invest in pre-ICOs. So I've been in this industry, I guess, for a while comparatively, but I'm really passionate about bringing this technology to the world because I think a lot of times people get caught up on what is it and, and trying to get into the minutia. But 
we don't really do that with a lot of other things. Like we don't, I don't know how the internet works and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people don't know how the internet works or why your television turns on. But what's so exciting about this technology is that it's decentralizing all these industries, meaning you're not having one company or bank control, uh, money flow or information you're you're empowering other people so bitcoin for example instead of having your bank keep track of you know your spending your debits and credits with bitcoin all these people who who downloaded the software and who are mining which is a way to get rewarded in order to check transactions all of these people are part of this network keeping track of where all the bitcoin is instead of a central authority like a bank and We've seen banks don't really have society's interest first and foremost. I mean, we've seen the economy in the U.S. collapse and they can just change numbers on spreadsheets and there's no accountability. There's no transparency. They don't even have to have the money in the bank. So that's really what this technology is doing. And that's why I'm so excited. Okay. So is there account is there social accountability for Bitcoin or is it becoming kind of like a, a place for pirates? To kind of, and maybe, you know, uh, I think that's not like modern day pirates in a way. I mean, I wouldn't, it's one thing it's trackable. Everything's okay. trackable. If you want to do something illegal, which I'm not recommending, you'd want to <laughs> do that with cash because you can't trace cash, but you can trace Bitcoin because all those people who are participating in the system, you know, everyone can see this ledger, this debits and credits of where Bitcoin is. And so that extends to all these other cryptocurrencies too. Like one exchange just got hacked and this currency NEM was taken and you're able to track it. And so they basically can flag all that currency. So those people who stole it, they can't sell it really because it's marked that this is stolen cryptocurrency. Gotcha. So... I, I understand and we now understand your passion for Bitcoin, <laughs> but um, how does your life with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and entrepreneurism intersect with spirituality? So I think I've always been a spiritual person, but probably in the last couple of years, I really doubled down in a way. And really spirituality to me is, is understanding more about yourself mm -hmm. and how you kind of fit into this picture and learning more about uh this higher power whatever you want to call it and and these kind of rules of the universe that exist uh that i think is actually something that makes more sense when you think of spirituality that way that there's kind of these laws and rules and um things work a certain way and being able to i don't want to say control but influence it more than you realize and so I was in a pretty terrible situation at the time. I mean, even though I've been in Bitcoin and blockchain for a while, that doesn't mean I had a lot of Bitcoin and that doesn't mean that I was financially doing great. I mean, when you work in startups, you're putting everything into it. You're not really getting a paycheck. So, and I also lived in an apartment where my landlady broke into and destroyed all my furniture and packed up everything in garbage bags and boxes. I and remember then, the photos. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I lived there for nine months being my own lawyer, having to go to court and try to fight to stay there because I didn't have money to go anywhere else. And I've had a lot of friends who've helped me staying on their couch. So my kind of turn in life is new and it's not 
so much because of blockchain as I think it is because of spirituality. So there are a lot of things I started doing then. Um, I started doing Kundalini yoga, which is different than other types of yoga. It's, it's very spiritual and about chakras and breathing and connecting to a higher source and realizing that that higher source is within you. And a lot of magical things start happening because of that. And I feel like once you get on the path, so many other things start revealing themselves and opportunities start coming to you. And so then that led to a um, kind of like a life coach who made me write down gratitude every day and things I loved and appreciated about myself. And um, and then I started taking Kabbalah classes and just reading a lot of books and really into therapy and having therapists who have a more mystical approach to and literally my life changed and it's not overnight but to, it was to, pretty over i mean i think it <laughs> took place in the course of a few months is that correct or how long or a year i would say a year is was a good marker for me because in february is when i got my apartment and before that i uh put all my stuff in storage and so for a couple months I was traveling a lot I did randomly get a job by going to an event and running into someone into in an elevator and uh and that really helps with financial stability but mm -hmm. I really can't just chalk it up to that I really honestly think that changing your kind of mindset working on yourself and, and connecting with this higher power and Jessica's Reiki healing, by the way, is amazing. It is really, really life-changing. And I didn't know what Reiki healing was before I did it. And Jessica was on my podcast. And I recommend don't do Reiki healing before recording a podcast because <laughs> I ended up recording over someone else's show that was playing. So that's really, that, that's very funny. Her healing's amazing, but I totally screwed something up after working with her. <laughs> no, but kidding. it's it, it really, that was another catalyst too and having this energy healing and um it's really hard to explain what reiki healing is and i'm sure it's very personal to everyone but it really was one of the other catalysts for me kind of getting out of this i don't even want to say dark place but more of just like a a neutral ish place i don't i don't know how to say, like it maybe i'm like more blindfolded place without having this awareness of that there's something bigger and that should be what we're striving for opposed to just material things. Because it's not like I'm focusing on material stuff. It's It comes when you change your perspective and, and things that you do to better yourself or learn more about yourself. You're in a really unique position because you're, for so many reasons, one is that you're an entrepreneur uh, or multiple, for multiple times. You're in one of the, the hottest fields right now. Everybody's obsessed with cryptocurrency. People are trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's got to be a very exciting time for you. Also, Margo was on the, in the Wall Street Journal kind of maybe a few months, May. Does that change things for you in a really in a big way or...? Uh, well, I definitely talk about it all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> it probably, probably my friends are really annoyed about it. Uh, no, um, 
It, I mean, it's it's crazy because when I got involved in 2012, no one even heard the word Bitcoin or most people haven't hadn't. Then um, still, I would say people don't really understand a lot of what it is, but it's become this cool thing, which I'm excited that people are, are into it and are trying to learn about it. Uh, I have to say it's a little overwhelming when, you know, my mom's neighbor is asking me questions and like going through her. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm getting bombarded a lot because of it, but uh, it's it's interesting. It's just it's weird because at the time I was got involved in Bitcoin, I knew something that could really change the world and really have a huge impact. And everyone who has a startup in Silicon Valley thinks that their startup is the best thing ever even if it's like another photo sharing app it's like really, do we need another one so this was something i could actually see changing the world and having a positive impact like even just sending money uh, most people a lot of people don't have bank accounts so how do you send money and and if you are low income and you have a bank account you it actually helps you go into debt because of all these fees right. and a lot of people uh are sending money from one country to their families in another country mm -hmm. and they're getting charged so much money and this is where i i thought could actually have a huge impact and it's awesome that it's be people don't laugh at me anymore when i talk about that i'm in cryptocurrency mm -hmm. they are starting to see the benefits of it but we're really just in the beginning that this is very very exciting so you talked about a lot of things that um that I'd like to delve into a little deeper. And one of them you talked about um sort of like the rules of the universe that you believe because this what it sounds like the pillars that you've used the spiritual pillars that you've used to kind of get yourself out of a difficult situation were kundalini yoga which we can talk about in more detail, um gratitude lists, life coach, kabbalah and energy work, right? I mean, I guess it's so it sounds like there's like a, there's, <laughs> like there's a team, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there you could have thrown other things. I mean, that's a, that's a good amount, but, but let's um, let's start with what do you believe are the laws of the universe and how you use them to help yourself and others? Because we already know your passion for Bitcoin, which is awesome. Yeah. So energy, everything is energy, mm -hmm. is is something I believe, and even knowing these things. So there's one thing to know it intellectually, but to believe it or to practice it is another thing. And that's really hard. And so it's not like, oh, I do this every single second. It's you have to constantly remind yourself. And it's something that is a practice. That's why it's called a practice, because it's not like, oh, OK, I know everything and I'm just everything's great. It's mm -hmm. like you have to constantly keep doing it. So one is energy. Uh, the other one is and this is a Kabbalah belief, is that uh, basically Everything happens for a reason, and you may not know what the reason is, but how you react to it kind of helps determine a, a lot of things, too. So um, I'm sure so many people can think of an example of, like, someone broke up with them, or they didn't get a job, or, you know, all these different things that, you know, seem terrible at the time, and sure, they are, but how many times have those then led to something better? I know that I've tried to get a job that I really wanted and I didn't get it. And then I got something that actually was way more suited for me that I would enjoy so much better. So that's something, uh, one of the rules that I so, try to 
live by. So it sounds like in a way that's like faith that things are going to work out for you in the end, even when things don't work out for you in the short term. Is that what you're, what you're saying? Well, that and how you deal with it. So like if you just knowing that changing your perspective, I think perspective is really important. So just looking at things like, okay, this seems bad, but it may not be bad. Just because in that moment, it seems like it's bad. That's you don't really have enough information to judge whether or not it is. You know, one of my favorite uh, Chinese proverbs uh, or um, is about the man whose son broke his leg. Did you hear about this? It's really old. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a really old one. So a guy, a farmer, his son broke his leg and all his neighbors are like, we're so sorry your son broke his leg. And, and the farmer says, you know, what is good or what is bad? We don't really know. And then a war comes. And then, and then the son is not able, actually a war comes and the son is not able to uh, fight in the war. And they're like, we're so sorry this happened. And it's like, what is good and what is bad? And so it's kind of like, I mean, that's only like a fraction of, of the proverb. So, but it's kind of just like, we don't always know what seems great. We don't know what that is. What seems terrible. We don't know what that's going to lead to. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, so perspective, managing your perspective, yeah. sort of like... It feels, it seems like part of that is also surrender. Is yeah. that, do you feel like that? Yeah. And then also looking at things from a, like, well, I guess this perspective, bigger point of view, but I, this one is hard to do, but um, seeing every, seeing yourself and everybody and that we're all connected. And so when having, having a little more, um, I mean, compassion, compassion is really important. And so under trying to think a little bit more of where someone else is coming from and seeing them as you too. And I'm not saying I do this all the time. It's really hard. But when you do do that, it's very freeing in a way, because then you're you're not mad at someone for doing something because you're understanding where they're coming from. And that was, that's a really, I think, big one. And, you know, if someone's having a bad day or you, you don't, you just don't know, or seeing in other people, maybe things you do, you know, like if you're getting annoyed at someone and then think about it, wait, do I do that? Is that why I'm getting annoyed at it? What was the moment in your life? Because it sounds like you went on this kind of spiritual quest with all these things, maybe, and it took about a year for it to turn around, Right. What was the moment that made you decide that I'm going in full throttle? I'm hiring, I'm hiring a coach. I'm, even if I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from, I mean, I don't know that if that's where you were, but I'm going to put my money in life coach. I'm going to take Reiki. I'm going to go to Kundalini. I'm going to do all these things. What was that moment? What, what was that sort of like? Was there a breaking point? Uh, well, I accidentally went to Kundalini yoga. Great. My friend said, hey, do you want to come to yoga? And so I went to yoga and I didn't know there was a difference with Kundalini yoga. And I, I actually kind of had a vision and there was this whole gong playing and my mm -hmm. whole body was vibrating. I thought it was Indian techno music. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and looked up what happened and it talked about a Kundalini awakening. Mm -hmm. And then I just started going almost every day. Like I literally was using credit cards so I could go to Kundalini yoga. And then in Kundalini yoga, we had to do um, white tantra where we had a partner and you look in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then that woman gave me her info and then we became Facebook friends. And then I saw she posted one day like doing a free hour of coaching. So then I just called her and did that. And So your coach was in Kundalini yoga with you? Yeah. 
and she and we became Facebook friends and she posted this free hour thing. And uh, and so then she's like, we can work out like paying, you know, you don't have to pay right now. How about like in three months? Like that's the time that, limit. That's amazing. Yeah. And she really, really helped get me on track. Like having someone to keep you accountable is really, really beyond helpful. And so then that led to that. And then she said, oh, you should try going to this um, Kabbalah, like on Tuesdays, at the Kabbalah Center. I think it's Tuesday. They do a free Zohar interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there and we he was t he was talking about the Old Testament and relating it in a more kind of psychological, philosophical way opposed to being literal. And then we had to have partners and write down I don't know if it was a limiting belief, but something along those lines. And I was very uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't know these people. And this right, is something right. so personal. And then we did a meditation and we closed our eyes. And after that meditation, I really felt a shift. I felt so different. And it made me want to go back again. And then they were starting a new Kabbalah One class. And it was only, I think, $50. And I'm like... I'll do it. I don't know. Madonna did it, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, maybe was she I'll really find your motivation. No, but no, I was like, I maybe I'll so. find out what the red <laughs> string means. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. No, but it it seemed interesting. Interesting. To be honest, I had no idea what Kabbalah was. Zero. So, for our listeners who don't know what Kabbalah is, what would you? So it's Jewish mysticism. Mm -hmm. So there used to be this kind of these teachings that were secret mm -hmm. and then I don't know how long ago, ago it was but they became public and they started teaching it but before it used to be just for the elite it's pretty recent I think it became public. yeah I've actually this guy yelled at me once about Kabbalah because he was very upset that it is public which I thought was very I know yeah weird and I mean it was secret for thousands of years yeah well just like Kundalini Yoga it was um, only taught to men yes. the top in India yes. until Yogi Bhajan came in the 60s and then shared it with everyone. So I'm really into, I guess, this, the mystical... Esoteric. ...parts of religion. And they, they all are very similar. They all kind of mm -hmm. say the same thing, you know? And, yes. uh, and that really resonated with me. It's just, it, to me, it's like getting another perspective of the same thing and different practices but they all kind of are very much in line. And, and Kabbalah talks about why we're on earth, which is, I think, a very so cool. interesting uh, perspective and um, how we have tikkums, which is what we're working on in this which life. Which are karmic debts. Yeah. Tikkum is, the, I guess, the Hebrew for karma in a way. Yeah. And so what we're here to work on and uh, the whole kind of everything happens for a reason it's 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 kind of earning so they talk about like earning the light mm -hmm. so the light from god or um and we're here to be creators and to um and to earn love or earn light instead of just getting it because before we came to earth we just got um love and happiness whatever we wanted and um there's they call it bread of shame we didn't feel like we deserved it so we're here to create like God, the creator, and also to earn um, goodness in a way. And so is that kind of related to virtue in a way? Like you do virtuous things. Does that bring the light? Does that allow you to earn light? Yeah. So when you, when you do, when you give to others, I mean, if you're giving too much and not receiving, that's also not a 
good thing because mm -hmm. the other person who's giving to you, I, I, this always had a huge effect on me. I know a lot of, there's a lot of people who just give, 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 yeah. and they don't want to receive. But when you think about it from the perspective, when someone's giving you, when you're giving something to someone and the person's like, no, or no, I don't, I don't deserve it. I don't want it. No, no, thanks. Or no, they give you a compliment and you're yeah. just like, you're, that's in a way, I don't know, that hurts my feelings a little bit. And even though that's not the person's intention, uh, when you want someone to receive your gift, like it's, it's a good feeling when you give something to someone and you make them happy or they smile or they're appreciative. So people who can't really receive, they're, they're not just doing their self with this service. They're actually not being in a way kind of courteous and compassionate to the person giving them something. But the thing I really liked about Kabbalah was that uh, you, when you are in a bad situation and you respond in a way that's not crazy or having a fit or whatever, <laughs> you're earning more of the light or earning more good stuff. That's really beautiful. So far, you've heard about Margot's success and Margot's spirituality. And coming up, we're going to learn how they both influenced each other. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, -N, at checkout. You're obviously in a great, it feels, it seems like you're in a great place, that you feel like you're in a great place. And so how has your spirituality specifically um, fed your success? And, and also the other question is, how do you define success since you've become more spiritual? I think what spirituality really does is it opens your eyes to opportunities. So when I'm doing kundalini yoga and i'm doing some exercise for let's say money and then unexpectedly money comes out of nowhere in a way uh that's reaffirming and it's not immediate but just looking for little signs and changing your perspective really helps because whenever anything that seems like a setback you automatically are like actually no this is a this could be a good thing and not getting caught up in being negative or down or sad about something because there's still that possibility it could be good. Um, I think that just feeds into this positive feedback loop, whether or not you believe in some higher power or nature. I mean, people want to be around someone positive, right? And so mm -hmm. people are more likely to want to work with you or, or be around you if instead of complaining about something that happened to you, you're able to turn it around a little bit. I mean, I also do stand-up comedy like Jessica, and I thought one of my best jokes was about my landlady breaking into my apartment. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I had a whole joke about that. And um, I think that's a way to spin it and it kind of feeds spirituality when you're seeing positive things starting to happen and you want to continue doing it but even just a simple act of um being able to get out of a mood i mean that's what Ricky healy really helps me with i travel so much and then i'll come back trained and i'll just feel off and weird and then i'll go to jessica and i suddenly feel like myself again and it's a really good way to recharge. So having that immediate effect is definitely something that makes me want to do it again. So that's um, seeing it in and of itself. But when you're open and you're able to view things differently, opportunities really do arise. Like there's a reason that things are cliche a lot of times. And, <laughs> and so this whole positivity thing and changing your mind, it's really true. And I, with was very dedicated with every day doing my um, five things I'm grateful for. I would write out, I am grateful for, and I couldn't say the same thing I did the day before. So you would find the littlest things to be grateful for. And then um, what I love and appreciate myself, because so much about really everything is about how you view yourself and love yourself. And spirituality helps put in perspective that you are part of this bigger thing so loving yourself isn't something that's selfish it's actually something that's beneficial not just to you and that whole adage of if you can't love yourself you can't love anyone else it's you really need to focus more on um on yourself so that you can be a better person and a happier person so doing all those things of the gratitude journal and what I love and appreciate about myself and trying to have this Kabbalah view, uh, I, I literally saw my life starting to change and I felt like I was tested too. I mean, Jessica, you probably remember I lost my voice for three months. I remember. Yeah. I couldn't talk. I could talk for five minutes a day after the first three days and it was devastating and I had to take all these steroids in the beginning and I literally had suicidal thoughts and I it it gave me the perspective of people who are in that situation that I probably wouldn't have ever had so not to go on a tangent here but I mean people a lot of times say suicide is the most selfish thing but when you're having these thoughts and you think that you're not you're worthless and it's better for you to just you know, save your friends and family and just leave the, leave the world. Uh, You can't really understand that unless you're in a situation that you have those thoughts and mine were chemically induced, but I was by the steroids, you mean? Yeah. And and it was, I knew it wasn't me. I had to keep telling myself, Margo, this isn't you, Margo, this isn't you. And I begged the doctors to take me off them, but they're so strong. You had to, um, yeah, but during that time I was able you know there were a lot of things I was able to work on I couldn't really be around people I wrote a lot um, and I just had to tell myself like there's a reason that this is happening to me and it really that's when I really got into the chakra stuff because I'm, I started reading a book and uh, it made sense about not having all the stability and and uh, I felt like there was more to it than just physical which then gives you a sense in a way of more control 
and understanding. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it, it sounds like positivity. Your spirituality has changed your perspective of the world and your connection. And then all of a sudden, sort of like all the stars align for you. That's what it sounds like in terms of reflecting back or a lot of stars align for you. Yeah, I, I because mean, I know I you're know. saying I randomly got in an elevator and I got a oh. job. I randomly like sat next to yeah. uh, my, my uh, woman who was a life coach, you know, from my perspective. And I'm sure from the perspective of of people who don't believe in coincidences in that regard, it was like, oh, no, these things happen for a reason. Right. And so you brought them in or they were set up for you or something. You're on some sort of path where you would just bump into somebody who sort of changes the direction of your life in a really good way. Yeah. And I think also finding more of a deeper meaning. So people come into your life and why does that happen? And even if they cause a lot of pain, what from that are you supposed to learn? And people who have the constant same situation, they say, okay, well, you haven't learned your lesson the first time. So I having kind of that thought of, okay, what, why is this happening to me? What do I need to learn? What part of me uh, am I maybe unaware of? Or what am I doing? Or how can I grow and learn from this situation? It, it makes things uh, a lot less superficial, which it's easier to go through something when you feel like there's a bigger purpose for it and that there's like this, you know, rainbow at the other end kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not easy. Even knowing that, it still doesn't make it easier. But just finding different ways to change your mood. Like Reiki is a really great one for me. I feel so energized afterwards. Uh, Kundalini yoga is another good one. And I love I love Kundalini yoga also. It's, yeah. It's so- amazing. Dragging myself there can be a little hard. <laughs> Dragging, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just finding little ways. I mean, meditation obviously is a huge one uh, that literally to... scientifically changes your brain. Yeah. And my life coach lady said to me, because I was part of what I had to do, uh, that it's like brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. You have to do it every day mm-hmm. and making yourself do that. And there's been studies. There's this Harvard professor. He had this, he has this really cool video if you want to look it up on the, I think it's five things if you do that can change your baseline happiness. Mm-hmm. One is exercising every day, meditating every day, um, doing a random act of kindness. Uh, I'm trying to think of, there was a couple other ones that I'm not. Is gratitude part of Oh it? yeah, gratitude. I thought I said that one. Yeah. Um, three things that you're grateful for every day. Right. And it's really. I'm using this thing now called a five minute journal. And this is totally not sponsored. <laughs> but um, And I really love it because the five-minute journal makes you write three things you're grateful for, three things that would make today great, and what's your affirmation for the day. And at the end of the day, you write three things that were awesome that happened that day and what could have made that day better, if anything. And it really, like, it really gets me in the habit of every single day I wake up and I just, like, write in my journal. Is there an app? It's not an app. It's a physical journal. Oh. It's, I, I love it. And I've been... Um, I need to, that's going to be my next newsletter for my clients is oh, nice. talking about. Oh, need it. Is it on Amazon? It's not on Amazon. It's like called Intelligent Change, I think. If you just, if you just Google five minute journal, it'll come up, but it's really helped me a lot. Actually, you're supposed to give yourself a gift if you journal five days in a row. And this crystal, this Shungite Merkaba is my, it was my gift to myself in case I, I journaled. I think that's a really good point too. I think self 
care and rewarding yourself and even when I was struggling and I mean it's not like I just have money to throw around or anything uh I really do make a point of doing things that I really like and appreciate you know if getting a massage or uh something that makes you relax helps relax you or makes you feel good I think it's really important to invest in yourself I mean we're stuck with ourselves so investing in ourself uh is really I don't think people do enough of and it and it comes back to you like if you're less stressed out then you're gonna react to people in a very different way than if you're stressed out so it's it's worth it not just to yourself but to everyone you interact with you said before in Kabbalah, part of like earning the light is is responding in in a appropriate way or something or not is that is that correct yeah or yeah so an example is you know you're waiting for a cab and someone cuts you in line and takes the cab instead of getting mad be like well maybe there's a better there's you know there's a better cab for me or there's a reason i always do this and actually what's funny is how i got my job now i was going to i was going to some party some conference party that for some random reason i got an invite to and i was like okay i'm going to leave at this time and i'm going to get here at that time and then i'm going to leave and i was i didn't really want to go and i was running late and I, I, there's something that held me up and i was getting annoyed and i'm like you know what margo you're going to get there at the time you're supposed to get there and i told myself that on the way and then if i got there earlier i wouldn't have been waiting for the elevator with this guy and wrote written in with him in the elevator so it just it takes a lot of anxiety out when you are able to frame things that way and so you believe every single little thing that happens even being late is done for a reason yeah i mean i wouldn't say be late when you're meeting someone because that's really rude but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it, you know instead of because you being stressed about being late is that really going to change you being late no there, there's some theories and i'm i'm not there yet where it talks about you know time isn't linear and you can create time and uh i've read books about it i can't say i definitely can believe that and that's why experiences and, and spiritual experiences are so important because it's really hard to understand unless you've had them so the power of reiki i can tell people about reiki you told me about reiki do i really know what that is do i really believe that that's going to change anything no but after i did it i was able to have that experience and believe and we're in age of aquarius which is all about experiencing where before the age of pisces was you had a guru or someone who would teach you all these things now it's about experiencing it so for any doubters out there, Age of Aquarius is a astrological thing about where the Earth is in a certain um, right for two thousand years. I think I think every age is around two thousand years. What about people who keep having the same bad experiences over and over, even though it doesn't seem like they're causing it, but they're the common element, common denominator? Yeah. Well, I think if they're even recognizing that something keeps happening over and over again, and they want to figure out that's that's the first step 
because there's so many people who complain about the same situation, but they don't want to do anything to change it. That's why I stopped dating. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to just stop. <laughs> this, this is bad. <laughs> I think it's a sign. I think it's a sign from the universe that there's something you need to work on and that they're trying to tell you something. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you start understanding why you do things and why maybe you're attracted to certain things and why certain things keep coming up in your life. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of therapy too. It's not, I think everyone should do it. I, and there's so many types of therapy. It's probably confusing. There's CBT, DBT. Yeah. Like there's psychic psych- therapists. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's the psychoanalysts. Yeah. Right? There's so many different kinds. I, I think the most important part is just finding someone you feel comfortable with and that you're able to open up to and talk about all these maybe dark things that happen to you or, or things that you don't even think of as having an effect on you. Um, but just having that person there listening is really, really powerful. So yeah, I would definitely say a therapist, um, there's a lot of books you can start reading. Um, you know, like there, and, and the thing is that everything essentially in a way is going to tell you the same thing, but from a different point of view. So you can read a spiritual book that talks about, um, you know, relationships and how you should treat the other person and not getting mad at a certain thing or, you know, and that we're all the same and love and blah, 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 blah. Or you can read like a relationship book from attachment perspective and how... I love that book. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I don't really need to talk about anything I do because it's usually because Jessica told me to do it. That's not true. I did not introduce you to Kundalini. Yeah, that's true. Or your life coach. Yeah, that's true. But you did uh, to Riki, and then I just talked to the spiritual. How would you describe Karen? Is um, so she's my she's one of my teachers. She's kind of like a, it's kind of like a intuitive healer in a way. How would you describe her? I think she psychic isn't like enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was very. It's really hard. Her name is Karen Anderson. Um, it's askkarenanderson.com dot yeah. com because there are two Karen Andersons. Um, so I'm sure there's more than two. So, I mean, two online <laughs> if you look up Karen Anderson, but yeah, ask yeah, Karen Anderson. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know how to describe her, but she really she's helped. amazing. I've been working with her, she's I mean, I've been learning from her about how to develop myself and to connect better and um, become a better healer. And man, it's I feel so transformed working with her like every week. Well, you already were in touch with your psychic gifts, so would that be something anyone can do or being psychic? Yeah, because that's really what she's part of what she's helping you with, right? Is she is? I think she's cleared a lot of garbage in me that that um, like energetic stuff for me. She's helping me. I guess I wanted to get. I wanted to become a stronger intuitive, and I hate doing psychic readings. So, as um as you know, but the the audience doesn't know. But I I don't think it's always like best for people. That's how I. I mean, I know that's that's how that's just my own weird. That's no, my own I perspective think, of it. I think it's an interesting point because I got really kind of obsessive about I know. tarot cards. And like before I dated anybody, I would mm-hmm. have my friend do a tarot card reading on them and uh, jobs and all these things. And And I think sometimes it's better to not know. It's better to go in to something and give it your all and, and, make and not it know if it's going to. It's better not to know if a relationship is going to work or not. Yeah. 
I can't tell you how many dates I didn't go on because of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, nope, never mind. It is it is funny when I when I was dating mm-hmm. online because I can read look read people's photos. I could read I, I could like read their issues in their pictures. So I would look at a photo of a man and be like, Oh, he's cute and I'd be like, Oh no, he's got he hates his mother. <laughs> and, like, and then like awesome. or it's like this guy's anger issues are just like out of control. He's gonna be really crazy. Um, so that's, I was practicing, um, my, <laughs> but that's kind of, you're cutting out the people. I, I was cutting out people I wasn't supposed to meet, I guess. So then why did you date? I believe that <laughs> and I probably had some karmic debt and that dating him, even though it was not like the best relationship that I learned a lot about myself and I set a lot of boundaries with men and how I should be treated. And, you know, and I did speak up for myself in that relationship. I did say, hey, my needs aren't being met. This isn't working. And I was really adult about it. And I was really proud of that, even though obviously it didn't work out. And I'm glad it didn't work out because we're like really not compatible. Yeah. <laughs> but see, like you just did the perspective thing. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, this needed to happen. And I think it then needed to happen. I got... I learned about myself and set boundaries and did things that I usually don't do. And so I think that's a really great example of how (laughs) spirituality can really help refocus things in your life. And I mean, it's so much more pleasant to go through life like that than, God, what a jerk. I wasted all this time because that's you're not like there's reasons. I believe there's reasons why we're. you know meeting people or have them in our life but yeah we still have the free will on how we want to react and and yeah i'm proud i I am proud of how i conducted myself even though in that relationship there have definitely been a lot of relationships where i was not happy how i conducted myself you know yeah but um yeah you're totally right i agree (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny to interview someone who's known you for so many years because they can bring up (laughs) ex-boyfriends we're terrible (laughs) next we will talk less about my ex-boyfriends and more about the role of spirituality and business Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. So, Margo, you have been all over the world. You've met so many, you've met a lot of people in high places and you yourself have had an amazing transformation as, um, I'm going to call you a, a, perhaps a thought leader in this. Do you feel that spirituality should have a greater, um, alignment with business? Do you see that happening in the future? Would you like to see that happening 
or what are your thoughts on the matter? I think spirituality absolutely can help business. One, when you realize that no one can take anything from you, that there doesn't have to just... Yes, girl, get it, girl. <laughs> that, there's, that there's enough for everybody. Uh, and, and I have to remind myself this of all the time. Like, I'm not going to lose anything that's not meant for me. And when people are less cutthroat and trying to, you know, hurt other people or be vindictive or take something from them or be ultra competitive, there's no reason to do that because no one can take what is meant for you and no one is you. And so uh, I, I think that will foster greater community. I mean, if we put all our resources together, we can achieve so much. And I think this is very indicative of, of the women's movement we're seeing and the women's movement in business and having this level of spirituality of I don't have to take someone disrespecting me uh, to get ahead. There, no one can try to darken my light in order for me to get to where I'm going. And having that accountability, when you're adding that spirituality in, then people are going to not let that happen. You know, it, I, I mean, I definitely, and you are too, is if you see something going on, it's like, no. And being a woman in this industry, and not that I ever harp on the woman card because I don't really feel like I'm different at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just say what I think and go after what I want. And if they have a problem with it, then that's their fault, you know? And so women need to join more together. And then having this, the more we speak up about things that aren't right and shine light on things that are, it just strengthens the community and we can all get there together. And I always say this, um, you know, it's, I always think of this as a not business related example, but sometimes they're women, they just want to be the center of attention. They don't want other women around. And uh, I got invited to a lot of parties in Silicon Valley because there aren't that many women. And I would bring other women. So if you're the woman bringing other women, you're way more powerful in a way, you know? So when you're bringing other people and, and you're recommending a friend or helping out a colleague, that is helping the greater whole, but it's also helping you. And people want to be around people that are helping them, you know, and not people who are trying to put them down. And really when people are, are putting other people down and critical and mean and nasty, it's really just an indication of how they feel about themselves. So adding that level of spirituality will help heal people who, and then they can be more loving and caring to other people. But focusing on how to destroy the environment or um, not looking at everyone as a human being, like everyone is the same. So trying to screw other people in other countries or um, lower income people or, you know, ripping off people, when you realize that we're all the same and no one's better than anyone else, then that's going to have such a huge positive impact. So I really hope that businesses start having more of an ethos and a responsibility because it is a responsibility. So I, that was really beautiful and really well said, Margo. Thank you. Thanks. No, it, it really was. I wasn't being sarcastic. It was, <laughs> but um, I wanted to say, 
I know that a lot of people try to get in touch with you to talk about blockchain and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. What is the what is a way that people can help you or follow you or or if you would like to? How would you like people to get in touch with you? Sure. So uh, I would say follow me on Twitter and you can ping me, <clears throat> send me a message or LinkedIn. Um, What's your you, Twitter handle? It's Margo with an X. So it's M-A-R-G-A-U-X. W I T H A N X. Okay. Or, and for my LinkedIn, it's the same thing. It's linkedin.com slash LN slash M A R G A U X W I T H A N X. Margo like the wine, right? Yeah. There's an X in my name if you didn't get that from Margo with an X. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those are probably the, the two best ways. Um, unless you want to invest my fund, then there's yeah, yeah. a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, well, the, Okay, first of all, I think that cryptocurrency and all this ICO stuff is not just funding these decentralized companies and that are all different industries. There's even a company called Presearch that's like a decentralized Google, whereas right now with Google, if you're giving them money for advertising, mm -hmm. then your search ranking goes up. So they have a lot of control over information. So that's just one example of blockchain is disrupting that industry, but it is all these other industries. But the other cool thing is, you can invest in these companies. Well, technically, you're not investing in the company. You're buying this token that theoretically could go up. And I'm not saying put your whole life savings into this, but in America right now, you can't invest in a company unless you're a accredited investor. And to be an accredited investor, you need a million dollars that doesn't what? include your house. So in other countries, though, if you want to put $50,000 into something that you think is going to be big you can do that but you can't do that in america so to have the opportunity to invest in these tokens and i mean when i got involved with bitcoin it was less than ten dollars you know we've seen it go up to twenty five thousand. um ether i got into that token sales three cents now it's over a thousand dollars do all of them do that no but do you have the ability to put in like 50 bucks or 100 bucks yeah, that's that's something you can do, even though a lot of the ICO rules are changing with it being about accredited investors. But if you want to find out more information on what the heck is blockchain or how to invest in ICOs, I made some videos to hopefully explain it in a way that oh, slightly yes, makes sense. Oh, follow Margo on YouTube. Oh, yeah, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's youtube.com slash, you guessed it, Margo with the next. I'm glad your branding <laughs> is all uniform. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, really smart. It's uh, even though people came and spell Margo, and then when I say Margo with the next, I'm like, no, W I T H A N X. <laughs> so yeah, I would uh, I would love for you guys to check out my YouTube videos and tell me what you think, and if you have any ideas for other YouTube videos about crypto. Uh, I, I really want to make it more accessible to people and, and give people the opportunity to possibly invest in things that are going to be changing the world. But as I said, please don't put all your money in. Uh, you can just start off with a little bit. You most likely will have to buy Ether, which I have a video on how to do that. But uh, I think it is a real opportunity for people to possibly make money in a way that wasn't really possible not that long ago. Margo, thank you so much for this amazing interview. <laughs> so grateful for, for you for so <laughs> many reasons. Don't have words. So thank you. You're the best. You're thank the best. you. And for you, this is a great opportunity to reflect on how spirituality can help you with your business, with your finances, 
and to basically change your perspective on anything that's going on in your life that is difficult and to basically live with grace. Thank you so much for spending time with us. My name is Jessica Brodkin. You can find me at loveandlightservices.com or on social media at Jessica Brodkin, B-R-O-D-K-I-N. Keep on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.